Coming to you from that galaxy far, far away, this is the Star Warriors Podcast. And tonight, this is Chris. And this is Rocco. And we are back after a little hiatus. Uh, we are in the sweltering mid of summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took a vacation. I came to New York. We hung out. That was yeah, fun. That was fun. I had we a had good some time. Teenage Ninja Turtles. Oh, yes. The Ninja Turtles and the beer and, you know, the. You know, insert something perverted. I was going to say, continue. <laughs> yes, we were all on a couch together. <laughs> but uh, it's you know we're glad to be back. Uh, we're we're headed into the fall, and a lot of cool things are happening with Star Wars, including the return of the High Republic. Uh, so a whole new phase headed our way with books and comics and more. So I'm sure you'll hear about that a little bit on the show. I'll mention so I've been doing. Uh, I've been reading that. Shadow of the Sith book, okay, the Luke and Lando book. So I picked that up. I mentioned that in the last show. I had picked it up, and I started reading it, and it's great. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't been hooked to a Star Wars book in a while. I haven't really given too many a chance as of late. Kind of took a break from them, uh, but this one, it's such a good connection between the the OT, mm-hmm. the sequels, and now what they're developing in the New Republic time. While also paying like good tribute to what they're doing in the comics, which is why I really bring this up because like Ochi is one of the main characters in this book, mm-hmm. and Ochi, you know, he's he's definitely one of my favorites from New Canon. Mm-hmm. I think he's been well written in these comics. Uh, the way that they've built him up, you know, the introduction to him in Rise of Skywalker's yeah, but I've enjoyed what they've done here, and I've been enjoying this book, so I do recommend it um, to anybody who's been on the fence about it. Right on, right on. Yes, you know me. I need the pictures. That's why I read the comics. And, uh, you know, I get a lot of jokes thrown at me for that one from our group. (laughs) But, uh, no, I mean, definitely Star Wars books when I was younger were always books that I read. I mean, that's how I got into Shadows. I mean, Shadows of the Empire was like my first real movie event outside of a movie. Uh, I had the video game, I had the comics, and I had the hardcover novelization, which I wish I could find. It's somewhere. I know, I know where mine is. Well, actually, I don't, because I let my friend borrow it. And on his way home, he dropped it somehow, and he lost it. And then one day, he bought me the paperback as, you know, as penance. But I um, I was just like, my my hardcover, my OG hardcover. Yeah, that's, that, that's funny sleeve. you bring that up. With the book yeah, sleeve man. and everything, I always I always buy them that way because I I like I like having that larger version. Um, I can put it on a shelf and display it. Is uh, I mean I read so many Star Wars books as a kid, uh, and that's and that's why it's just it's it's hard for me. That's why it's hard for me to read the new books um, mm-hmm. and get into new canon a whole lot because of kind of my connection to everything in the past. But I think they've been doing a better job as of late for all fans. That's and you know bringing you want. in old characters. Yeah, exactly. It's you gotta make everybody happy, but how do you do that? Yeah, and I think I think that they're doing it well. You know, I think the I think unfortunately the movies and shows have been a bit hit or miss. Um, you know, they're all Star Wars, but I love all of them. But I'm sorry, there's just some stuff I love more than others. 
Um, and with the books, I think uh, the, the print media, I should say, because just not just books, but the comics for Star Wars have really been where it's at. So like if you're listening to this and you're a Star Wars fan, like you really need to pick up the comics and the books like that's that's the best Star Wars outside of the Mandalorian, I would say that we are getting. And um, honestly, I am really, really looking at Andor and I'm excited. I know we're going to talk about it. I agree with everything you said there. Thank you, Baby Yoda, um, for all for what you've done to bring the to bring the uh, the fandom together. So, uh, like Rocco said, we love the comics. That's why we're doing the show. Uh, I was always a huge fan growing up of the comics as well, and I think it's a perfect medium to really tell uh, the story of of what you want to get across to a wider, you know, I would say range or audience. Oh, for sure, for sure. But uh, speaking in the comics, let's let's get into the news from the Hollow Net. Mm-hmm. We've been waiting for news about Hidden Empire, mm-hmm. and so we got actually two little tidbits of news here. Hidden Empire is going to be a five issue event, mm-hmm. and it is going to be basically the showdown between Lady Kira and Emperor Palpatine, which mm-hmm. is definitely what they are. Um, you know, showing off through these variants and this, this different artwork. Um, I'll leave the link to the, the article to starwars.com in the show notes, but we, we have been waiting and it hits in November. And now we know that it is actually does take place prior to return of the Jedi. So mm-hmm. this is, this is a big lead in and they're saying this will make you look differently at the characters and situations that you know so well, which You've mentioned a few or more times on this show. Yeah, that's something that I think is very important and can help a lot of things. You know, we all know Return of the Jedi. I mean, chances are, if you're listening to this show, you have Return of the Jedi memorized just like I do, just like Chris does. Um, But I think what's beautiful about Star Wars and its evolution is that you can take the side stories, uh, especially with the comics now, and it can change your view of the motives of what they did in the movie. So you can watch Return of the Jedi again, and you're now getting a different feeling in specific scenes. Why did this character do this? Why did this character do that? Maybe it wasn't so obvious, but now we're getting a story as to why. And, and I think if they do it right with Hidden Empire, I think the Return of the Jedi could be a completely different movie. Could be. I could be wrong, too. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it's either you know that's either a really fun thing or a scary thing when you think about it uh, in terms of how people feel about that original trilogy. Um, so, like always, keep an open mind to you know the stories that they're telling out there because Charles Soule has been doing a solid job. I mean, we, we're going to be talking about his hundredth issue of mm-hmm. Star Wars comics on this on this episode, uh, and that's what Star Wars number twenty five was. It was an anthology of four stories. At first, I was like, oh, we don't need to include these; these are just catch up stories. But then I realized. No, these are tales he wanted to tell as he was writing these other mm-hmm. these other comics that he's been doing um, since you know the launch of of new canon in, in the Marvel comics. So I was actually really excited with that uh, with that comic, and I have a lot of faith in what Charles Souls is doing, and I'm really excited to hear what his promotion in the business was. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I really have been enjoying everything that he's put out. Um, I would say, though, another thing that regarding um, Crimson Dawn going or Crimson Rain 
going into Hidden Empire is it said the article mentions that now we're finally going to like understand what was said at the very beginning of Crimson Rain that this story of Kira is a tragedy. Yes. And that and that was specifically said in the article. And now I am very, very curious because Kira isn't in any subsequent Star Wars. We see her in Solo. We know she's alive at the end of Solo. We're very clear on that. And then it goes into uh, started with War of the Bounty Hunters, then Crimson Reign, and now Hidden Empire. Uh, you know, so is is she going to die here? Is this where she dies? I, I don't know. What is your bet? I think. She, oh yeah, I think she's going to die. I think she's going to die. I, I, I at the hands of the Emperor. And I think that her death is going to cross over something very important in Star Wars that we know of already. And I think that that's what they're they're keying up. Um, but again, I, I could be wrong. That's just my bet. All right, then I'll take the other side of it where she loses everything, but she survives. And we'll, we will see Amelia Clark show up in the New Republic shows, TV shows at some point. Okay. That'll be all right. That'll... I like that's, it. That's the that's the bet. So, like um, so look for that in November. Also coming in November, uh, we have a special one shot called Star Wars Revelations, and this will be written by Mark Guggenheim, who is promising us basically to set the stage for what's to come. Um, huh. What it sounds like is they're going to be finishing up, you know, with with the Hidden Empire. So, what's going to happen after? What is this? What is the world of comic books going to be like when they're when they hit Return of the Jedi, and when they go after? So, this is also going to feature a lot of Vader, but you know you can also look forward to stories from the past and more. So, I'm really excited to see what's coming next, and maybe we'll get some hints here. Absolutely, if I'm correct, when Marvel took over Star Wars, they started with a time period between the clone wars and a new hope right and then went to between a new Ho- no it's the other way they went after a new hope until empire then they then they went and started doing some um they did the darth vader series they did kanan so they did a few different series at different times within that you know clone wars mm-hmm. up up to new hope so they started to put comics in there i think there's a lando comic um, some other things like that. The the main runs have been the, those links between the movies. So yes. the first one was right after A New Hope. Okay, because so between A New Hope and Empire, it was Darth Vader, but the run between Episode Three and Episode Four was Vader, uh, Dark Lord of the Sith. Correct. And that was Charles Soule. Okay. Okay. I'm just making sure that I'm on the on the right path here <laughs> yep you are charles Soule wrote that series uh he also wrote the the poe dameron one as well which mm-hmm. is really good uh which you see which we'll talk about you know in this episode with star wars 25 and you know some other some other smaller ones and then he took over on this um so he's he's taken over on the main title and more and this big this big trilogy we're enjoying it has been great it uh so look forward to that both those comics coming out in november uh we'll probably talk about them no doubt uh and then also we have some big news because uh andor is 
coming uh, September 21st. And it's actually, it's been pushed back. So that's kind of the, the bad news since mm-hmm. the last time we've, uh, we've all hung out. But the good news is we'll be getting three episodes. Uh, and Rogue One is going back into IMAX for a special presentation on August 26th. Mm-hmm. So go watch yourself the best new canon movie there is. Yeah, Rogue One is definitely like one of my favorite Star Wars films, period. That was just such a grammar relieving the theater, just being like, wow, is this what Star Wars is going to be? And then <laughs> totally. it, was, it wasn't. Um, but yeah, like Rogue One was was just so good. And I love the um, the character of Cassian Andor. And I love the time period uh, that this movie is taking place in in Star Wars. So this is a great this is an excellent time period. This this looks like House of Cards, but in Star Wars. All right. That's what it looks like to me, trailer-wise. Like, you see the Senate. You see Mon Mothma trying to... It looks like she's got two lives in the Imperial Senate and then as a rebel leader. So watch, like, it, watch it be born, my friend. The, I'm, just all, I'm just all about it. I feel like we're going to get a teenage Princess Leia you know, like if you're talking about the Senate, like come on, and Mon Mothma, and we're definitely seeing Bale. That's a that's a definite. We're gonna see Hera because if we're seeing Hera for Ahsoka, and they didn't if they didn't film and or film like scenes for this, I would be really surprised. It's set in the same time period, you're not gonna talk about General Sindola and then show Shopper in Rogue One, mm-hmm. and then have a payoff in this show because it is it's happening during Rebels timeline. Uh, having you know bad batch is probably still alive at this point so mm-hmm. it's a it's a very you know ripe part of star wars uh to i guess to harvest um but it you know a lot of people want to see us move away from it i do not i love this time period i want to see these politics like you said i think that it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with the senate because we saw the senate you know through the prequels and what it was and now we're going to really see what an imperial senate's like when it's in a dictatorship, you know, under Sith rule. Exactly, and that's really I'm really looking forward to all of that. Um, I'm very unhappy about the pushback um, of the date. Yeah, but what funny. what can I do? You know, uh, I'm wondering if She Hulk had anything to do with it um, because I think I feel bad saying this, um, and I'll make this very brief. I do feel like when they made it clear that there were going to be a lot of other superheroes involved in She-Hulk an overall larger amount of people became very interested in the show and maybe to create ratings space, if you will, they decided to push Andor into September to make room. That's my theory. Yeah. I was always, I'm always surprised when they put things too close to each other. Anyways, you don't have any star Wars movies, like use use these better, place them better. Uh, don't overlap too much. Always have something on your service so people don't really need to cancel for a couple of months. Just it's it's good it's good business, and I'd rather see She Hulk you know flourish a little bit uh, before before anything happens. But you know it's it's really funny you bring that up with those the difference in the trailers and the reactions. Like oh here's Daredevil at the very end of the trailer. Now everybody's really excited for the show. Like, <laughs> well, not just that, but like, 
we're looking at like there there looks to be a whole lineup of superheroes in this show yeah. i can't wait if they're if they don't use this as a true court show i'm gonna be really disappointed uh and and if they don't do something really funny with every, like they're supposed to be post credit scene on every episode so I'm hoping it's like a small little skit as well, maybe with a with a supervillain or something every time or whatever they want to do, you know. So, um, and a lot of fourth wall breaking. It looks yeah. like. Yeah, I'm really excited for this show. I think that that taking it in this humorous direction and um, kind of just having fun with it's going to be a good move. So I I agree. I agree. So yeah, that's why I think Andor's getting put. That's why I think Andor got pushed. But they're giving us three episodes, so is what it is. Yeah, it's like you didn't even miss them once it's the 21st. Yeah, it's true. All right, my friend, let's um, let's talk about these comics. Let's get into it. We had we had big month. Um, we apologize ahead of time because uh, my bookkeeping is horrible. Um, plus, they dropped a few couple books in June, uh, so we're going to be keeping up with what actually did come out in Jan. In, the uh, july mm-hmm. uh and if we did skip any books we're sorry uh but it's just been kind of a crazy release schedule anyways mm-hmm. and we don't want to you know fall behind too much so uh let's start with the first book tonight it's uh obi-wan it's number three uh we have an awesome mini series going so far uh and this chapter is called darkest before the dawn written by christopher cantwell uh artist alessandro Miracolo, colors by Frank William, and lettering by Joe Carmagna. So we every issue starts off with Obi-Wan reminiscing. You know, he's been waiting for this storm. I do like the parallels uh, with him worrying about uh, Luke, but also, you know, talking about Owen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's a really important thing to do with how the show had just come out and establishing that relationship there and, and, and more. So... Uh, you know, this this kind of it reminded me of a Clone Wars episode. It, it, it did. It really did. Um, I love this time period. It's no it's yeah. no surprise to anyone who knows me. Clone the Clone Wars is my favorite um, part of Star Wars. My favorite. Um, geez, Louise, period. It's my favorite Star Wars period is the Clone Wars and not just the show. I mean, everything around the Clone Wars. So this book was right up my alley. Um, reading it, it was, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, I love, oh, the big, yeah, it felt like an episode of Clone Wars. Once you saw Admiral Yularen, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh boy, this is like an episode of Clone Wars and I'm all about it. Here's voice. Um, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I, um, I liked how this kind of, what he, what older Obi-Wan led into, uh, because he was talking about civil war. And how, you know, another civil war was, you know, eventually going to happen. Yeah. It was inevitable. Um, and it's just, it's kind of like how the, the galaxy always does work in Star Wars, uh, which is interesting. I I liked how he, he did reminisce a little bit about Cody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it, there's so many rumors about Cody being in the show, and I didn't really know how that would fit unless he was like part of a squad hunting him or something. But I'm glad they left that out. I did like that he finally remembered the character because, you know, Cody was a, a really good soldier mm-hmm. and somebody who could trust, you know, until Order 66. Yes. Um, but one of the biggest parallels as well uh, was as we've 
we've always kind of read about and their and the whole i guess mindset of the jedi as they went from monks to generals mm -hmm. and that's and that's one of the biggest things it's like they expected these quote-unquote warriors to be such you know grand leaders or in battle but really they were never really trained for that no it was only really mostly the i would say the padawans that were born into the war um i think in the final season of clone wars um ahsoka had this great conversation with rex um on one of the um destroyers and she was saying how like she was a padawan right into war and like she she doesn't know anything differently but she can't imagine the jedi that lived through peacetime and were sprung into war and she didn't know whether they were luckier than her or she was luckier than them do you know what i mean um oh yeah definitely i mean that's what we're getting with the high republic right now it's exactly. the opposite effect you know it's um well not the opposite they were kind of in peaceful times before the sith too but um no i know exactly what you're saying and and so yeah i felt a lot of this in this story and this is a beautiful story this is a very beautiful a, a very sad story but a beautiful story it is and it's and it's great to still pay homage to um how they showed that clone uh in the obi-wan show and where he ended up very much like a lot of our veterans do in this country and mm -hmm. how they're forgotten uh and this shows their tenacity so much you know so much so that we have one clone who will be willing to risk his life by going to battle by just carrying a flag as a weapon mm -hmm. uh so this this dedication to their cause you know the mind i guess i don't know if it's 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 just mind wiping or mind control or whatever you want to say it's kind of interesting to see that parallel that obi-wan's drawing when he says you know we were very hesitant to do this well these quote-unquote creatures have been bred for war mm -hmm. and that's all they know and that's what they choose that's their highest honor uh, built amongst them is dying for the republic that's what they were bred literally bred to do and it's not like they had families. It's not like they had wives or children. They had each other. That's all they had. That's all they had were each other and that way of life. So you kind of under, you kind of had to understand it. But I think Obi-Wan is making that distinction that he actually saw them as people, mm -hmm. um, each with their, because they didn't have in any individuality physically. They had to force that individuality through personality. And that it was the distinctiveness between them. They had to do that with their haircuts, the way they spoke, the way they acted, the nicknames they created for one another and for themselves. And I think Obi-Wan highlights this very well. Um, it was, it's just, uh, it's so sad. I'm looking at like the one cell that made me really, really sad right now. But <laughs> It's just, wow. Which one? the one where Obi-Wan is talking to that local general that they were working on to, to get across the bridge. Mm -hmm. um, they couldn't get the bridge, so they were going to destroy it. And um, the bombers, Republic bombers were going to destroy it. And the bombers went by and destroyed the bridge and everyone on it. And there were tons of clones on there. And Obi-Wan just goes, how many of ours were on that bridge and 
the local general responds countless and like cannon fodder yeah and obi-wan just sitting on the side of the hill holding the flag of that one soldier who was like i don't have a weapon but i'm gonna just use this flag this is definitely reminds me of more of a jendi era yes uh, clone wars tale than anything yes uh the art in this one was really amazing i thought mm-hmm. it really did a good job at capturing like I said the Clone Wars cartoon feel, uh, along with just the epic panels that were drawn out uh, and the emotion of war. And it's funny to see these—it's funny to see these characters, these clones before we get into the TV show, because that is when they started to get more of their personalities and when they were drawn out, you know. And uh, when you see them at the end of Attack of the Clones, it's just numbers, just faces of the same, you know. Exactly. No, it, exactly, and I think the the shows did such a great job. The animated shows did such a great job to like really give them lives. Like you care, like you care about them. You genuinely care. Like I love Rex. I love the Bad Batch. I love Cody Fives. All those guys. Those are you know those are my those are my guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think it was great that the comics. This comic seemed to really really pay respect to that absolutely absolutely and so let's let's jump over to han solo and chewbacca yes let's uh what what issue are we on here number four number four all right so this this is another mini series going on this is a title that we skipped the last issue on i believe number three so mm-hmm. um we are we're we're actually greeted you know with a uh, cameo from Black or Santin, yep. uh, which is pr- pretty much the most important thing that comes out of this, that last issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, just putting this character across canon, it's 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 a great idea. Smart. Uh, after his, yeah, exactly. You, you put him on the book of Boba Fett as his live action appearance. He's a cool character. People dig him. He's going to sell books. So, what do you do? You gotta you gotta have him fight Chewbacca. You know that's that's got to keep happening over and over again until the character dies. Um, so, uh, let me do the officials on this. Uh, this is called the crystal run part four. Uh, this is written by Mark Guggenheim, uh, art by David Messina, colorist, Alex Sinclair and letters by Joe Carmagna. Like I said, this is like a chase basically. Yes. They wrote the whole comic <laughs> pretty much. I mean, they got the, the urn, right. And then Chrysanthemum showed up and just beat the hell out of Han. Um, and then, you know, Chewie and Han's dad, which we still don't really know if it's really his dad, they fly the Falcon to, you know, go find Han. And man, Chewie just rolled up. Like, I mean, that's that Wookiee life debt, man. You, you don't mess with, with that, with Han Solo. Yeah. Like, Chewie literally just rolled up and walked in and was just like, I'm here to fight somebody. Somebody's going to die. <laughs> he goes to like, so Chrysanthemum's taking him to see this Graves guy, right? Yes. State. And like, he basically assaults this manor, <laughs> like the raid style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, we get that Chewbacca and Chrysanthemum showdown. Yes. And I honestly, I kind of guessed what was going to happen 
Like I was when Chewie left the Falcon yeah. to go get Han, I was like, all right, like the Falcon's gone, dude. It's as good. As, and then I started having this internal dialogue in my head or would it, would it be a monologue? But it was two voices. I don't know. Depends in my on head, how crazy you were. That's fair. Um, I had this internal dialogue, we'll say. Does the Falcon have keys? So like that's start what I'm thinking. stop like, button start stop button where's the fob do you just leave it in the in the cup holder but like Chewie's got a bag and all this other stuff why didn't he think to take the fob or take the keys put them in the bag and go find Han and leave this dude without no keys I wouldn't lift the keys with that man I don't know who you are you're pretending to be my buddy's dad I don't know who you are and you just had a stroke on our on our Dejaric table you just you just fell forward on the dark table. Did you have a stroke? Yeah, right. I'm gonna leave the keys with this guy. Get out of here. Get out of here, Chewie. You know what? The Falcon's gone. It's your fault, Chewie. All right. I'm calling you out. That's I was, that's I was right. That's it. That's it. That's all we have to say about the the whole issue. Goddamn is, Chewbacca. Is that all? No, come on. What do you what about you? What did you think of this one? It was just just a big action scene. It was a the climatic issue you know mm-hmm. it's finally giving us a little like oh we didn't trust this guy from the beginning we never did i don't know why we needed han solo's father or whatever to begin with but we didn't i don't i'm thinking it's probably not his father at this point um i don't really care either uh <laughs> i would rather be getting back to this 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 fun heist uh and but chewbacca versus chrysanthemum was amazing i thought that was a really cool fight I wish that we could have seen it in live action and maybe we still some will someday. Who knows? It's very, very possible. Um, I honestly, at this point, I do think that he's Han's dad and I okay. think that he's got some severe medical issues because he's like, Oh, not again. And then this is going to happen again. And then like, he did really like seemingly have some type of stroke or something. And then he leaves maybe not to be a burden, but at the same time, like, well, wait a minute, this is a huge burden. You took the Falcon. Maybe he thought Chewie and Han were both going to die. So he just bounced. I don't know, Chris, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. It's too much. And it's, you know, what is it? Five issues for this comic? I yeah, think? I believe. I believe so. Good. We'll be wrapping it up soon. We'll we'll have our answers either next month or the month after. But um, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Actually, I can tell you, if you bear with me uh, just two seconds, I, I will can. find it. I can. Do that magic. Come on. Where are you? I'll have to put some oh, fun there it is. theme music in here. Oh, there's... It's not good. I mean, I'm looking at number six. Oh, there's six issues. All right. So five is probably out already. Oh, yeah. I, ha- I, well, maybe it is. No, I don't know. No, it's, it probably isn't. I, well, <laughs> I'm enjoying them and I think that that's all that matters. That's all that matters. But there's six issues. So we have two more issues to get through. I think, but it doesn't say that it ends at six. It just showed six, not of anything. Well, I definitely don't need an ongoing of this comic. So, Let's find out, but first, let's take a commercial break, and we'll be right back with more Star Warriors. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. And we are back after those messages um, to talk about Star Wars Marvel Comics. 
and we are picking up where we left off with Bounty Hunters number 25, Bounty Hunters versus the Knights of Ren. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. This is, again, um, whenever the Knights of Ren show up, I'm, I'm more than intrigued and glued to the pages. And this, this comic was not a disappointment uh, at all uh, in terms of the usual action porn we expect from it. Yeah, I mean, it really opens right up to like the bounty hunters meet the Knights of Ren, which is where we left off in the last issue. And the only reason I remember that so vividly is because just like you, as soon as I see the Knights of Ren, it's not that I like them. I just want to understand right. more about them. And and when that happens, I'm excited about it. You know, reading reading Star Wars 25 uh, this month and seeing this Kylo Ren story, mm-hmm. it makes me wonder if the Knights of Ren were replaced by some of his Jedi cohorts at the, at, you know, from uh, when he destroyed Luke's uh, training place or whatever the fuck it's called. Academy. Yeah, yeah it's Academy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so I... I, I think that would be an interesting thing that he 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 took upon uh, you know that title of the leader of the Knights of Ren, and he dubbed him his own knights into his own little order. So uh, we do we even know that if any of the ones from the sequel trilogy have force powers because we know these ones do, and they're dark Jedi, but I don't remember any of those ones having it. Some of some of them have force powers. This this group. Oh, uh, some do in this group, and some don't. Some in this do group? not. Yes, correct. Okay, interesting. So they're also but, um, warriors. Okay. But yeah, and then just like you said in the sequel trilogy, we don't really see them using the force at all. And do they even have the force? Are they force sensitive? We don't really know. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's still a very valid point. But yeah, I, I mean, it, with Star Wars twenty five, this was cool to read. And I did. I love Tasu Leach. Um, oh my gosh! During this entire standoff, his biggest concern was the physique. The knight, one of the Knights of Ren, the leader of the Knights of Ren. Oh, yeah, Ren. Was, yeah, Ren. It's this smaller man. Um, and then I picture Christian Slater's voice coming out and talking more smack to this, you know, to Tasu Leach. And what a what a you know what man. This is the kind of stuff that I love to see because, you know, we know who Tasu Leach is from, mm-hmm. you know, The Force Awakens. We know it's the dude from The Raid, mm-hmm. uh, one of the greatest action movies of all time. And most, you know, those guys, shot, those guys showed up in that movie. So I love making these connections to a character like that and making him this badass. Absolutely. Especially since we didn't get to see that character fight at all in the sequel trilogy. Right. What's now, the, I'm, yeah, actually, I, now that you bring that up, why why did we not see more of those cool guys? I wonder. Uh, I I don't know. Gua, that what was, was it? Guavian death death troopers or death gang or what? There the was heck? the Guavian what death was gang, but Tasu Leach was part of Kenja Club. And, right. So that we have these two really cool factions who are after Han Solo, and we've not gotten anything from that. So I'm I'm calling you out, Disney, because now you've made Tasu Leach super cool in the comics. Let's see uh, some stuff from then, but please. Kanja Club, Kanja Club, you know you can't trust those little freaks. It's <laughs> odd. Just you know, I I love that dialogue, that whole scene. As much as whatever with Disney, that that was a great scene. That was it's a great an movie. Old, yes, The Force Awakens is a great yeah. movie. 
I and I loved Han just and even Chewie was just done with Han's shit. Like, you know, the the second time doesn't count. Um, But anyway, yes, seeing Tasu Leach with this group and what he can do is great. And then you have what was it, Vakora? Yes, so Vakora ambushes uh, Lasha Mm -hmm. uh, because Tongan crew have gone to assault the Vermilion, uh, which this is actually this chapter is called Raid on the Vermilion Part Two. By Ethan Sachs, <laughs> art by Paolo Villanelli, Arif Prianto does some colors in it, and Travis Landon letters it up for us to read it. So if it wasn't for him, we'd have a hard time. It'd be like just pictures. That's, yes, that's, we'd have to make up our own dialogue. Exactly, and we can't do that. No, but, um, but this raid is amazing. Yes. Uh, it's action porn to its greatest. Uh, I've I've really enjoyed this comic. From the start, honestly, and they're here to rescue Kadalia, uh, who we know is that connection between the two crime syndicates who can unite mm-hmm. uh, the galaxy, basically, you know, in Star Wars fashion. Uh, but Dankar set a trap for everybody. <clears throat> yes, and it's working to fruition. Um, but we also get a little side piece with Valence. Mm-hmm. And, Finally. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a uh, existential kind of questioning of the side we're on so valence is just like no man screw the empire i'm not all about this and i'm just doing this because vader threatened to kill a whole bunch of people i love and i know that if i do this they'll be safe so i'm just gonna do my thing i'm not an imperial i'm not some hero and she's like yeah but what about all those people you saved like these were humans that you did save these are people not really just, just well it was humans yes but still like these are people that you saved and she's like i'm just going to take you down to the barracks like next door and she does and valence is getting like exalted he's getting like congratulated he's getting thanked by Here's all of welcome these, yeah all these people that are like i get to see my family again i never thought i would i was so scared and you know, humanizes the empire, which I think is important because you want it. It's complicated. It's complicated. You know, it's, it's funny going back to a a book called lost stars, uh, which was at the very beginning of new canon takes place during the civil war during a new hope through, I think return of the Jedi. And it tells a backstory and it tells also about this character who goes to the empire and you see that side and, and you realized how, you know, growing up, they didn't really humanize them that much at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in some books and, and whatnot, but not as much as Disney has, uh, you know, right out of the gate. And I think that is a really good point to make. It really, you know what it reminded me of um, the episode in the second season of the Mandalorian where uh, Bill Burr and uh, Mando were in the carrier in that like transport and when they were being attacked by those pirates and then the tie fighters came and saved them and then all the imperial troops were cheering for them as they were getting there and uh bill burr makes the comment of bet you never thought you'd be excited to see a bunch of stormtroopers um and i that really made me feel that in this book and that's and that's exactly what we need to see uh, when we're having this these great visual 
stories you know told to us exactly and then the tragic part of this little side story where it ends where um one of the lieutenants or one of the whatever someone comes up to the person that was just speaking to valence and says hey they just freaking destroyed everyone that valence loves like we, we just like laid to waste on them and uh she's like you better not say anything to valence pretend like we never had this conversation or else you'll be explaining to vader why his top enforcer has turned in the empire and like boom ends there and she's like oh shit <laughs> like i said that out loud after i read that agreed and then we have uh the the bounty hunter team does split up mm-hmm. and we have tonga go off on her own so i wonder how long it'll be before balance is back uh in the spotlight of this book i think that we're gonna have a you know these two will probably find each other and Valance will eventually see the light. I mean, he still he still has this mission, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to protect this girl. Um, so I mean they they do owe him a, a rescue. And but at the same time, I think we've gotten some good stories out of it. I agree. I agree. All leading up into what looks to be quite an interesting Bounty Hunters 26, but we'll talk about that another time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, but let's um, let's talk about a favorite character of ours. Uh, yes, we, that we share, and uh, we're going to be getting to talk about Darth Vader twenty five. Uh, so we did miss Darth twenty, Darth Vader twenty four. I don't know if you can fill us in a little bit about what happened in that in that book. Um, is it? Are we doing Star Wars twenty five last? I'm going to save that because it is an anthology. Okay. Um, no, and these are works. still kind of connected to Crimson Dawn. And it's a good way to round out the night, I think. Let me just move things over here. Um, so when it comes to Darth Vader 24, um, let, let me just get a, a quick little reminder here. So in Darth Vader 24, it's um, Sabe. Yep. So, Oshi. Yes. So, but Sabe gets, she gets like, um, Vader arms her to the teeth. Right. And I believe that's the end of 23 actually. Yes. And they actually go and attack the governor and it's kind of almost here making Darth Vader a hero of this planet. Um, and we've done that a couple times in this book. Yeah. Which is interesting. It is. It's not bad, but it's strange. But I guess it kind of also leads us to point of view, which is a big part of Star Wars. Uh, you know, to Vader, to these people, Vader is a hero, you know? But yeah, I mean, 24 really, it was really just action porn on them uh, making the attack. And now we're back on, I believe it's planet surface with the governor trying to escape. Yes. Uh, we have an awesome speeder bike chase yes. uh, that we open up to. And we have Ochi and uh, Sabe who are in pursuit yes, along with uh, Vader. Uh, but Vader has his own little uh, agenda, and that's to threaten the governor's ship. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And Vader is really showing his power and his absolute – he has a will – that is simply unbroken like it doesn't matter like if if vader's looking he's like michael myers but like 
he can talk. It's it's incredible when he set his sights on you. He's going to get you. And I think we see that here in this book. That is one of the best parallels I think that you can make uh, for the character of Darth Vader. He he very much thinks himself as a hero. And I think that's really clever writing uh, that we have here. Um, and I'm sorry, I keep forgetting to do these, you know, these uh, officials. No, please, please do. Uh, so we got Greg Pack as the writer, because I do want to mention Pack as, you know, his story here. But Rafael Yanko as art, uh, Carlos Lopez, colorist, and Joe Caramagna on his third book this month, uh, lettering it up for us. So um, Greg Pack's story here of, of actually showing Vader as a hero, uh, that people do see him as that, that his actions can be interpreted <laughs> as heroic which is probably really kind of a mindfuck when it comes to being a sith lord because you think you're you know the coolest kid in the block of course mm-hmm. uh you're running this this empire with your your dad figure over here mm-hmm. who's you know more powerful than you so i i think it's kind of this this parallel that we're seeing this hero vader with this fake padme he's living the life that he that he wanted to live that he he always saw him and padme battling for the good of people and it's funny that we keep seeing this repeated thing throughout this series of the fact that he's coming to the aid of people that need it and they and they praise him and that she's there with him during the whole time so it's 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 funny to think that he might be getting some kind of satisfaction out of this that he that he lost previously agreed and i think sabe also is taking advantage of the fact that she looks just like padme and i think that she is taking a solace in thought that he will not kill her because of how things went down with Padme and the fact that she is was so close to Padme not only so close but god looks so much like her um so you know i think that she's using that to her advantage which is i mean god you're dealing with Darth Vader i would use every advantage that i have right exactly uh so where does what is this vortex come to play uh, because we this crazy vortex happens, uh, Sabe gets lost in it. There's something I wanted to bring up. They went into like a really, really um, obscure Star Wars vehicle. Do you remember Rogue Squadron from N64? Yes. So is that not the end? Where is it? The weather machine, that giant weather machine. Is that not? from that that crazy thing that they battle um because that level is when you Mm -hmm. fight the big those big mechanic things yes that's that's actually an homage to dark empire okay they were like the world devastators or whatever they were called devastators the world devastators yeah that's that's exactly what it reminded me of yes that's that's what this was in this book that was like really intriguing to me as well um yeah that's that whole level is based on that comic book uh, with the E-wing fighters and stuff like that, so I thought that was one of the best things in Rogue Squadron Two or whatever it was. It was one of the Rogue Squadrons. It was the first one, it was the awesome. original was one it? for N sixty four. Yeah, because I played awesome. that game to death. Remember um, the the codes? Uh, Dead Dak. Dead Dak was one oh, of the yeah. codes. <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, incredible stuff, dude. I would just, I would just enter all the codes and just play for hours, hours. And I would try and speed through levels. I love the X-Wing. That was my jam. 
X-Wing. West, well-balanced fighter. Yeah, I don't understand how we can't get video games like that these days. I'm really confused still. Um, we get some hits, but nothing like we used to get in the day. Maybe we're just younger. I don't know. Maybe we were just so not used to technology that everything was special. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I love that game. And if they did, Hell a, yeah. if they did a version for PS5, I would just empty my wallet for it. So they've remade it. They've remade those games for GameCube and, and up. So I don't know. Well, let's, let's pray that we get a rogue squadron trilogy special edition at some point, but Ab- yes, absolutely. the world devastators. So that's what caused the whole thing, huh? The vortex. That's right. It was getting a little late in my reading last night, but now I, I can clearly picture that that machine, and you are a hundred percent correct, my friend. That is very much an homage to the World Devastators from Dark Empire. Yes, uh, that was like I was like, oh shit! As soon as I saw that, I was like, I remember this. But then, yeah, for some reason, there's a pod racer at the end, and Vader's like, we only I can ride it. Yeah, exactly. Because somewhat, uh, what's the line? Hang on, I got the line right here. Yeah, the only thing left is Kitster's old racer. But no one could ever drive that but him. We shall see. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, okay, I want to. I want to see how this plays out. Darth Vader and him and his CPAP machine are going to get in this pod racer. Okay, I want to see it. I want to see it happen. He's Darth Vader. It's going to be the greatest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> There's a good chance of that too. <laughs> So join us next month when we read Darth Vader number 26, and it's the greatest thing we've ever read. Um, so good. It was a good uh, closeout. That's a very exciting comic. I really do wonder if, if Vader will just kill Padme himself. I'm going to say it's going to be Ochi. You mean Sabe? Sabe, yes. Well, Sabe falls, off, Sabe falls off the speeder, and we don't know what happens to her yet. Right, right. So. But I doubt this is her fate. You're right. I doubt it too. I think she's getting a red lightsaber through the face. Not not that violent, but something lower. bad's gonna happen to Sabe. Something bad's it's, gonna happen to her. That's not gonna exactly. end well. No, no. And then last up before we go into Star Wars 25, as we're in our kind of our yes. Crimson Rain, Hidden Empire in between. We got Afro 22. It's called Echoes. Great issue. And they've been getting better. Uh writer Lisa Wong. Art by Minkyu Jung uh, and Natasha Bustos, color artist Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters once again by Joe Carmagna. He must I, letter really well. He he does. He does letter really well. I didn't really care for the artwork in this book. I did not either. There was what? some, you know, it's that it's that style. That's just it's kind of simplified for me. It's blocky, but I didn't care because the content was good. Yes, I was going to say and venture to say that this might quite possibly be the best Afro comic. I think we've been seeing it every month since a certain point. Oh, yeah. since she they went into that whole Indiana Jones and sentence the sentence thing. And come on, this is exactly what she should be doing with Afro. I, I get the build up, but you've been wasting a lot of time with really poor storylines and characters I just don't care about. Yes, yes, exactly. And I like the fact that this kind of went back into old stories. This got us to know the character a little bit more even, which I thought was really cool about it. I like the way the whole thing was done in Afra's mind. She's speaking to the Spark Eternal Eternal directly. So for those of you that don't know, 
Afra was killed, but then she absorbed the Spark Eternal, and now the Spark Eternal is possessed her. So it's like she's possessed by a demon. So it's Afra's body, but she's possessed. Afra, however, still lives, but inside of her own head. So she in and the Spark Eternal inside, like a, an inner dialogue, are battling with one another. And this was the entire book was these the spark eternal trying to show afra really bad memories of when she screwed people over because that's what it wants to do but then it teaches afra really what the ascendant were trying to do and now i'm really intrigued of when that time period was i mean it's centuries ago they say and so we see this this last memory of I think it was the ascendant, right? Or it was the either what was the last memory of the ascendant, or was it what this being has remembered? It's well, yeah, it's what this the spark eternal remembers that it was the last the Sith found the ascendants and freaking slaughtered them. And right. the spark eternal, which is a piece of technology that actually exists, it lives, it's it's alive, had to watch everyone that's protected it be slaughtered in front of it by the Sith the Jedi the Ascendants all of them so we learned that the Ascendants were actually against the Sith in this issue yes we learned finally I think that was the bombshell is that yeah. the Ascendant weren't trying to be Sith by replicating dark side power they were replicating dark side power to thusly destroy the Sith so in essence their their goals were aligned with the Jedi which was a big bomb to drop if you've been following the story. Yes, absolutely. Um, a couple other things that I, that I took note of here was the mention of Hondo. Mm -hmm. I thought that was just a nice mention of a character that we both Hondo. really like. I do, and I'm waiting for him to show up in something. And also that due to Crimson Dawn collecting all of this ascended technology, mm -hmm. they've actually set themselves up for, you know, defeat in a way because now this spark eternal can go and siphon the power and get stronger uh from the technology so it's kind of like a a double-edged sword that um that we're facing here and i'm really kind of interested to see because by the end of this comic uh we have finally have mention of triple zero and bt1 um and bringing back two of the best droids from star wars canon i love how the spark eternal totally fell into that completely. Afra is acting. Um, Afra knows that triple zero and um, was a BT. What was it? B BT one BT one are going to harm the spark eternal. Um, and she sends them right. She sends her right to them. And I thought that that was that was really great because there are two psychotic droids, literally psychotic. Yes. And who better to beat this being than than somebody who can't be controlled? Uh, so I think that's you know it's it's very smart, and this makes me really excited to see these two return in upcoming comics. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure we're gonna see them next. Um, we're gonna see them in number twenty three. And I'm very, very excited to see them. It's been too long. They were one of my favorite parts of the old Vader comics when Afra was one of Vader's underlings. Hell yeah, me too. I love, I love crazy droids. Um, HK47 from 
Night Zero Public mm-hmm. was a, another great killer droid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't like meat bags either. Let's uh, let's close out this this episode with Star Wars twenty five. I didn't mention earlier in the episode. Uh, Rocco was showing off for those all of you who can't see because you're blind. Um, no, because it's an audio show. Um, the cover and mm-hmm. what I love about this is like this is a great way to do your hundredth ep- uh, episode issue. Same mm-hmm. thing, whatever. And an anthology story of like I mentioned stories you wanted to tell but you couldn't before. And so we get four of them. We get Anakin and Obi-Wan. We get Vader and the Emperor. We get Kylo. And then we get Poe. And there's too many creative teams to go over, but they're all written by Charles Soule. What I I really liked about the beginning, the first two stories especially, was the passing of the story of the lightsaber and why it was important to these two factions that we know so well from Star Wars. Yeah, there was just such a great take like um, Obi-Wan making it clear to Anakin that the use of a lightsaber shows dedication to the practice of having a lightsaber. So that dedication to the practice alone, that when an enemy sees you, that maybe they choose not, they don't choose violence, knowing the fact that you have mastered a weapon such as a lightsaber, like the dedication it takes to master a lightsaber in itself should muster what, you know, what feeling we need out of those that we might be negotiating with without having to come to blows, just the knowledge in itself. And I thought that that was such a great lesson juxtaposed to the next book, the next story, which was the lesson the emperor gave Vader on why the Sith have a lightsaber. No, me too. I, you know, it was kind of interesting because I like anthology stories, but because of the way they separate themselves from each other, you get this, these neat little short stories. But when you're writing the whole comic and you have the ability to do this, I think it's very clever. Uh, and at this point, especially after watching Obi-Wan and seeing that scene with you know Obi-Wan and Anakin, and then we get another one, basically. Uh, I think that a lot of this stuff is on purpose. And I think it's a really good way to build this visual story that we're now building for Star Wars uh, with Disney. Absolutely. And I, I really loved, I think those first two stories coming out of the gate were fantastic. So what about this Kylo story? What do you what do you think about this? I I really see him as somebody who's haunted by the past, and this this was my least favorite story of the book, honestly. Uh, honestly, it took the last pain, the very last pain, where Kylo says, "There's nothing here," and I think that. If you watched The Last Jedi, which I'm sorry, I think is the best one of of the new trilogy, um, because, yeah, I just it just was. Um, The Force Awakens is better than that because of the anticipation that it built. I love The Force Awakens. I love that movie. It's it's such a great movie. Last Jedi sucks. No, it didn't. Um, (laughs) The Luke. Luke, really? For you, for those of you out there, I would. I'm just giving this guy a hard time, as I always do about the last Jedi. I like the last Jedi, it, mostly. Mostly, Luke. You can. This is where. This is the damage that Luke did. This book, when Luke didn't even give him the satisfaction yeah. of showing up, made him look like a fool, and he'll never be able to kill Luke. 
he wanted to kill Luke so badly. And Luke took that away from him. And you see the after effects, like I said, right here in this book where he actually goes to Luke's Jedi temple and is like looking, you know, screaming, where are you? I know you're here. Show yourself like now, like he goes, he's on Ock too, screaming. And when he just finally is like, he's not here. Now Luke won't even appear to him anymore. And what a slap in the face, because he probably knows that Luke is appearing to Ray and Ray is not even his bloodline. And I think that that's, it's torturing his mind. Agreed. But yeah, it was the weakest of all. Uh, no, the way I'm, you, ex- the way you explain it is actually, is it makes it better. Falco. Well, thank you. A little bit. Thank you. But, I actually didn't like the last one. The one with Poe, I thought was. I'm going to go into this one more because of somebody who jumped right into new canon when it came out, because I, I was like, Oh, aftermath trilogy. I'm going to read this. I'm going to absorb it. I'm going to get really into star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play this video. I'm going to do all this because it's star Wars. It's back. It's new. Let's do this. And it was the story of snap. Wax, what bleh, snap Waxley mm-hmm. uh, as a child. And unfortunately, with the goings-ons and, and decisions by Disney that they decided not to really, I guess, develop what they were going into originally. There's a lot of little weird things planted, right? Um, that's that aftermath trilogy is, is is a really good story. Um Poe Dameron's force tree in the comics. Like, why was there a for- why did his parents put a force tree in there? You know. There's a lot of things that were unanswered from the beginning. And Snap Wexley is a character that I believe got um, shafted out of a wedge type role. I love Greg Gunberg as a as an actor. I thought that he was a good pick for the, you know, for that character in the in the movies. Uh, and this really, you know, when they did and uh, like I just gave you you know, shit for The Last Jedi, but I will give people more shit for Rise of Skywalker because of the way it just kind of cleanly tried to tell a story that had more potential than anything, but you try to clean it up too much. And you killed Snap Wexley without any kind of like proper, I don't know, motive. He's cannon fodder. And you have a character who was there since the beginning. He's one of the first new canon characters introduced. I mean, he was a cool kid. He had, I mean, they even talked about Mr. Bones in here was his, yeah. his battle droid that he built and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of cool references to um, Aftermath and things like that. So I think it was a really good homage um, or at least pay tribute to uh, what was supposed to be in a way. Uh, and I love Black Squadron. I love Post Team. I, I challenge you to go and read Charles Soule's Poe Dameron run because it's really fun. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I think this is why I like this book more or this story more. I guess I'll have to um, just because like, I don't care about snap at all. Like that was my thing is like, I just didn't really care. I don't care about the character because really all I have of him is from the new trilogy where yeah. he had like five speaking parts um, the actor is okay. I've seen him in what little of heroes I watched. All the JJ stuff. Come on. Wasn't oh. he in um he was yeah, so he was in alias. Yes. The show alias, yeah, yes. with Jennifer Garner. There and, you go. Yeah, my brother was obsessed with that I show. I love that show. 
I didn't get it. And then what year was your brother born in? 91. Oh, he's younger than you. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe it's because he was born more around the start of the decade. Unlike you middlers, but Listen, it's okay. I was born in the mid 80s. Okay. So was my sister. There you go. You guys were not born in the 80s. Yes, we were. Uh, it says my birth certificate, literally. <laughs> you got um, me there. You got me there. But uh, no, I. Uh, it's yeah. I guess I just don't care. I didn't care about the character. I, which I totally get, and I, you know what, I. That is a perfect example of what they did to the character when he was like such an important character in the intro- introduction of this new republic time. They, the way they wanted to launch new canon was kind of the same way. It happened aftermath was almost immediately after the Death Star fell. And they're dealing with all these like governor regions, like these governors who try to take power with the Imperials. Mm -hmm. And they just fell off that. Um, It did end with the Belichick, who I Mm -hmm. believe it's more in like the books and Battlefront and stuff like that. And they talk about it, of course, in The Force Awakens, you know, and, and, and Jack who being in there. But it's a disappointment because I think that that character was supposed to be a bigger play a bigger part in new canon maybe he will maybe they'll get somebody to play young um snap wesley in new republic times uh who knows i mean maybe um i don't i don't know um but yeah battle of jaku i remember that from uh battlefront 2 i believe exactly so 100 100 episodes 100 issues for charles soul of star wars across all the titles he's written i like his little letter we have in the Which beginning one? of the, the in the beginning oh of yeah book. yes i think that i love it when they do that kind of stuff and that's what got me that's what got me because i was like oh these are just stories we've read before mm-hmm. they've put out these like the black chrysanthemum one that mm-hmm. issue was like oh what a waste but it wasn't and i learned that through that letter and i think that's a really you know i love it when they do that in books as well yeah um, and a little prelude or pre- preface and whatnot so um, yes, exactly. Yeah, like uh, and we'll lot. have more coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and congratulations, sir, on your hundredth comic. Um, thank you for everything you've done with all the comics and the books and everything you touched. Star Wars has been awesome. So, I mean, we appreciate you. I mean, geez, because of you, we have this show. Really, how many of these stories have you written? All actually, from the since we've started this, we started these this show with the beginning basically of his run mm-hmm. um we didn't do the Aaron stuff we didn't do you know between new hope and and empire we started our show basically at the beginning of these this new run mm-hmm. um from 2020 so you know we've been doing the show for over a year a lot of great content you know we've we've seen from war of the bounty hunters and now we're about to get into hidden empires so i'm really excited for you know what charles soul is bringing to the table Absolutely, absolutely. And you know we'll be back talking about much more Star Wars comics. Many more Star Wars comics. That's what I meant to say. That's right. Uh, so, you know, it, we mentioned we're back. Uh, we're back from the hiatus. We'll be back for the list of casuals as well. You and I have a meeting to have. Uh, so we'll be back with season three of our comic book show where we compare uh, the comic book movies and TV shows that we all love and adore these days to their source material you know we we did a more i would say scheduled second season and we're looking forward to doing that again this year so that 
we can deliver content to you. Yeah, we want to get a season out before the holiday season so you mm-hmm. can enjoy our show with your jingle bells and we can enjoy our jingle bells with our families instead of being in the recording studio. <laughs> um, Ulterior motives are always good. Yes, but, but we hey. definitely want to deliver some more episodes. So if you have an idea for a superhero you want us to break down for you and the comic books versus the movies, reach out, let us know. Yep. You can uh, hit us up on the Listen Up Casuals Facebook page, the Defend Entertainment Facebook page, wherever you can find us online. So anything else you want to plug? You're back in the studio for your show. Yeah. Critical Mass is back in the studio. We just finished our first episode um, and we are going to be getting in the studio for our next episode. Um, this is a season of, of a new critical mass. Um, we're talking a lot more about a lot of different topics. Um, so we just kind of hope you enjoy. I call education. That's we, that's a great idea. Actually. We'll talk about that. (laughs) Sweet. And then you can check out how I talk, uh, Casey Bowker and I are back in the studio. We just did our 226th episode after summer hiatus this is the 10th year of defat hashtag defat 10 <laughs> in all goofiness uh but yeah we've, we've been doing don't forget a towel for 10 years now on uh, and the podcast since 2015 so we're in a big year uh check us out on the defat entertainment facebook page but like rocco said we'll be back next month uh with more star warriors don't miss it and um yeah, just stay safe out there, out there in the galaxy. And may the force be with you. For your old comic shop. <laughs> <laughs>